Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. Hello, welcome everyone. How are you? How has your month been? Wherever, whenever you're listening to this, how are you doing? I always I always like to think of the beginning of this podcast as beginning of the episode as kind of a point for you whether you are doing laundry or the dishes or going on a walk or driving whatever you're doing taking a moment to just be present for at least a few seconds come back to yourself where you are what you're doing and you know the thing that i always try to do for myself because i love listening to music and podcasts and i really am one of those people that i want everything to be kind of as enjoyable as possible so yeah i can't cook without music on i can't do any kind of chore without a podcast or music on it just feels it's like why why would we why would I do something without making it a little bit more entertaining? But, but I do check in with myself to make sure that I have had enough time without it. Because listening to other people talk and, and taking in, consuming, all of so many, you know, great, interesting people with their music and their podcasts and books and essays. And there's so much to take in a lot of information, even through entertainment. And that can sometimes be a barrier between being able to hear and see, and really receive what our own energy is trying to share with us, what our intuition is trying to tell us. Because really learning and understanding the language of our intuition is an ongoing relationship. And I just wanted to offer that in case you have been maybe listening, having too much input, maybe too much input, social media, friends, phone calls, texting, voice notes, podcasts, all the things, TV, movies, music, essays, YouTube. It's all, I mean, Look at all those things that I just listed off. There's so many things in our sphere asking for us to pay attention to, asking for our gaze. In the last few weeks, I've really noticed that. That how much time am I keeping 
for my own energy. And that's not blocking out the world. Of course not. The whole point, in my opinion, of healing, of spiritual, intuitive self-development is so that we can be anchored and flexible and open to the world and not just the world in their highest, best, most beautiful expression, but also all of the other things, all of the other things happening in our world to us personally, locally, and then some. That is how we kind of strengthen strengthen our root. And it can be hard. It can be one of those things that we resist of just like, for lack of a better word, like unplugging from everything else. Because if you listen to this podcast, you probably also listen and watch and you know, take in a lot of informational stuff, a lot of things that spark inspiration and light up your mind and your body and your heart. And it can all be very interesting and enlightening. But where is the part? Where is the piece? Where is that space where we get to digest what we are receiving? Where is the digestion? If you ate a huge meal and then there was another amazing meal coming right at you that you were like, yes, oh my God, that is the meal that I love too, but I'm full. I've taken in as much as I can and I have to digest it. Because we have such a visceral feeling in our body when we are eating physical food, it's easy to say, Oh, no, I wish I had room, but I don't. Easier to make that connection, at least, of I need to digest. But how can you tell when your energy and your mind and your body and your spirit and your heart, how can you tell that all levels of your being has taken in enough? And not in a way of being burnt out on the news. Not like that. In your whole life, when has it been time for you to make space for just you and your thoughts and your feelings? For what's swimming around inside and outside of you? When it's not being partnered or coupled up with, you know, a 90-second video or an article that somebody sent you or that podcast on life hacks and biohacks and spiritual philosophy and experiences, when is it time for you to be with you? How do you know when it's time to keep your eyes on your own energy? And not even in a turn your gaze within kind of way of being still and in a meditative state. Because yes, 
Of course, you know, I love meditation. It is so important. The foundation of any practice, especially in energy healing and intuitive development. Meditation is important. But so is that space between your meditation and your input in receiving and educating yourself and inspiring yourself and learning. That space in between, the digestion, that space that helps you move into your meditation, move into a new practice, move into a new interest, or a new way for you to express your talents and abilities and your purpose. I guess it's really another way of saying How do you create that space for yourself to digest everything you're experiencing so that you can find that clarity? Because the clarity can be through the digestion. And another way to say that is integration. So when you hear people speak about, oh, I'm integrating my energy healing or my therapy or my fill-in-the-blank, You're really going through a process. It is a process. It's not something that is static, where nothing is happening, where you're in kind of a waiting room. So, yeah, that has just really been on my mind recently because it is that piece that I'm seeing and I've seen for myself too, very resistant to taking that time trusting how much time you do need to integrate and digest before moving on to receiving and and consuming and beginning and acting on that next inspiration or even getting the inspiration. And that's kind of the funny part of this podcast today because I had many different ideas for topics dive into this. Let's dive into this. I've been getting a lot of interesting questions when I'm doing my weekly live meditations on Insight Timer and connecting with everyone there has just been so incredible. But then it really kept coming back into my awareness. I kept feeling that pull of, let's talk about that space in between That is not really a space in between. Let's talk about what's happening. Where are you in your life right now? Are you in a digestion phase? And are you resisting it? Are you trying to rush towards the next thing? Are you reaching for the book and the podcast and the YouTube video and the interview and the chat with a friend and the voice note and the, are you filling yourself up from outside of yourself before you've plugged back in to your own energy? And it's kind of a mix of topics today. But I hope you can kind of gain something from 
maybe the whole podcast or just a few pieces. But yeah, I'm really following my intuitive pull today. I'm following the voice of my intuition. And yes, it's kind of a mix of um, ideas and topics today. So I hope you're enjoying the ride. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of speak on, kind of muse on, just intuitively move through these ideas that kept kind of pulling into my awareness, like I said, and the digestion integration piece of allowing yourself that in-between time really reminded me of my journey through float tanks, the sensory deprivation tanks, and how that was kind of a big piece of me understanding that digestion period of knowing how important and active not receiving anything, not having any input for a little while, how important it was at kind of the beginning of really moving into my path moving into expressing my purpose, plugging in to myself and kind of unplugging myself from all the things around me that I thought was giving me my purpose. And so maybe if you're at this stage in your life or coming back to it, because we always go through cycles, right? Maybe this will help you because it helped me to reflect on it. And I always love, as a human being in this world, pretty pretty common thing, I always love to hear somebody having a similar experience to me. So even by sharing this, and I did speak about my float tank experiences in very early episodes of Intuitive Seek, I think like episode five or something like that. I think at least in the first 10 episodes, it was in there. But I wanted to share kind of more deeply on as I reflected on that experience, because I went back recently and it reminded me of how much I needed it back then, but how I don't need it now, how I found a new practice. And that is how things change and evolve and grow. And that's also something that I had to remember as well, that we change. Things that we like to do change. Our practices change. Our habits change. And it's important to allow ourselves to change and not judge it, but make sure that we know why we're changing it, that it is coming from within. Getting into floating was so helpful. And the first time I did it, so this was quite a few years ago now, and I was still working in my corporate job. I was really stressed out, but I thought that it was normal, quote unquote normal, to just be stressed out if you're in like more of a position of authority in a corporation. It's going to be stressful because you're answering to a lot of people. And I found that 
float tanks kept kind of coming up around me. And this was before I really paid full attention and really understood the language of my intuition. At that point, it was more kind of whispers and little, huh, okay, maybe I should try that. Like very subtle and kind of light, like gentle. That's how it feels. And so at that time, that's what was happening. I was really hearing about float tanks, deprivation tanks, and sensory deprivation tanks, not deprivation tanks. And if you don't know what a float tank is, now they were made famous by kind of a controversial figure. And he was a research scientist and did a lot of LSD and there's kind of a lot of conspiracy around him. John Lilly, I believe his name was. But he was the one that kind of brought them into the culture. But now they are used as something to help you relax, as a meditative practice, as a way to calm your nervous system. And that is why I was going into it. And at that time, and you know, this is just part of who I am, that I do resist things that I want to do. It takes me a while to do them. And that's my own perception because yes, I do create quite a few things. So maybe it's a little faster than some, but for me, the idea always comes way before it actually happens on a small scale, like booking an appointment at a float tank to a big scale, like launching this podcast. The idea always is there quite far behind when the actual day comes that it happens. So if that resonates with you, that could just be your rhythm because that's my rhythm. Things kind of are weaving in my energy for a while before they all kind of come together and I am able to understand how they're meant to be realized and brought to life in our physical world. So at the time, just to paint a picture on where I am, so quite a few years ago, feeling quite stressed out, having a lot of unmanaged anxiety, quite a bit of, on the flip side of that anxiety, you know, depression, more down energy, like a lot of kind of apathy and hopelessness. And, and I would always need my days off to kind of recuperate because my job was not for me anymore, but I didn't know at all what else I could do because I had been doing that sort of career, that industry for 16 years, for basically my whole adult life. So I was in that space of, well, it's not this, but I don't know what it is. And if you've listened to my episodes about talking about my career, it is one of those things that I thought, if you've heard me speak about my past career before, I really thought it was whatever role I was in, whoever I was working with or for. 
So even though I was in the same industry, I was always moving to a new role. And it was always a better role, better pay, kind of better title. But it only ever lasted six to 18 months. Because the glow of having a fresh new place. Oh, this is it. This is where I will be happy and satisfied and fulfilled and really valued. This is it. Well, that glow, that shine would come off and it would just be the same thing in a different way. And then I'd be looking and, you know, keeping my ears and eyes open for the next opportunity. And that was the interesting part. Now, looking back, and maybe this is going to resonate with a few of you that might be in a similar situation, that my mind kept telling me, well, if people keep offering you better new roles, then that must mean that that's what you are meant to do. If the doors keep opening for you, Aren't you meant to walk through them? Isn't that the sign? Isn't that the biggest sign that you could ever have? The door opening, the opportunity coming, the invitation being extended. Aren't those like the blocks on your path? Aren't those the steps on the ladder or whatever metaphor you want to use? <laughs> that's what I used to think. And that's why I always said, oh, great. Yeah. Great. How much is it? Like, that's what I, I only ever based it on. Yeah, the only thing I really cared about was how much money I was making. And that helped me because in those 16 years, I really moved up in my salary bracket. But the higher I was getting paid, the less happy I was in my job. The less satisfied and fulfilled and happy, I was. So it did not correlate. But I thought that was the purpose of working. That in your job, they call it work, because that's why you get paid for it. And you're meant to make the most amount of money that you can. And one of the ways to make the most amount of money that you can is to move into new roles so you can renegotiate your salary so that it's not just an incremental raise every year. So I was not satisfied, needing a lot of time to come back to life so I could go back to work each weekend. And I was searching them. I was searching. I was listening to podcasts. I was reading books. I was looking up things. I was learning about spiritual philosophy and ideas and intuition without even really understanding that that's what I was learning about. Because I had slowly started to meditate, started to take time to meditate, but I even didn't really understand what was happening there. I just knew that I needed it to not completely combust because I was feeling so anxious 
and unhappy. But I was still living life, you know, doing things, doing all the regular things. And yes, in hindsight, I can say, well, to past Mary, why weren't you exercising? You really needed to be sweating more. You needed to be sleeping better. You needed to be having more of a consistent meditation practice. You needed to not be working in that environment for that type of role because it wasn't good for you or your heart. Yeah, in hindsight, of course, those are all the things that I was supposed to be doing. But I didn't know that at the time because I didn't have the energy for it. I couldn't even fathom at the time that I could be working out five days a week, sweating five days a week is the norm now for the past three and a half years. But back then, I had only ever looked at working out as a means to losing weight and looking good. And that wasn't a huge priority for me at that time. So it wasn't something that I thought I could do because I didn't have a big event coming up where I needed and cared enough to change the way I looked. Because I didn't understand how much my brain and my body and my soul and my nervous system needed to sweat. And I'm jumping all over the place today. But I'm going with it because I feel like a few of the things that I'll jump on will be helpful to a few of you. And if not, I hope you are enjoying the mix mash, mix mash, mix mash, the mix of ideas and topics and time <laughs> timelines that we're moving through. So back to the flow tank. So I kept hearing about float tanks. Okay, getting this feeling, I should really do that. And of course, like I said, I get an idea to do something and it takes a long time. So it took me months to finally book it. And I would book online, pay for it. And then I would reschedule it. It would be coming up the next day. I would look at my phone as the confirmation. Oh, reminder email, your float is tomorrow at this time. And I'd be like, no, I can't do it tomorrow. I don't have the energy. I don't want to do it. So then I would reschedule it. And I probably rescheduled that first appointment for, I don't even know how many weeks. But then it finally happened. I made myself do it. I thought, no, I have to finally go. I gotta go. This is crazy. So I finally went. And it was a really incredible experience that put me on a journey of floating for the year after that, where I bought a package and I tried to go once a week. And just to give you a little background on what the float tanks that I went to were like, they were kind of large pods so that you could stand up in if you wanted to, but completely dark. You did have an option of having like a little bit of light, but I wanted them to be, I wanted the experience of really like sensory deprivation. And 
warm water to the temperature of your body temperature and full of Epsom salt, full, full, full of so much salt that you are buoyant. So that when you are in quite a shallow amount of water, in this warm water with all of the salt, you are floating. You're able to float, like in the Dead Sea. So you're in total darkness, in water that is the same temperature as your skin, floating so that you really start to, you kind of forget that you're in water because it's not kind of activating your senses because it's the same temperature. And you do it for an hour. It's 90 minutes. So, you know, that first part, you shower before there's a shower like in the space. And then it takes you a a little bit because you have to like wash your hair and stuff to make sure you don't have any of like oils or shampoos or, you know, your creams and stuff like that in the water. So you take a little bit of time to get in and then you have time afterwards. So the actual float is about 50 to 45 minutes to 60 minutes, I think is how long you can do within that time frame. So when I first went, I was in that space, that space of constantly inputting, constantly reaching out, plugging in to everything around me to tell me what I should do, to tell me if I'm doing a good job, to tell me if I'm on the right track, to tell me who I was and if I was worthy of being in a nutshell. So I went, did all the preparation, got into the pod. They asked if I wanted music and I said, no, I really felt like, no, I want to experience it. Like, I just want to see what happens. And I was in the tank, floating. And I remember I touched, like kind of rubbed my eye and the salt got in my eye and it stung. And I was like, oh, this is horrible. And then I kind of like, I remember like kind of, um, swashing about and then I even opened the door again I'm like okay let's try this again (laughs) I put the door back close it lie down in the dark floating did some breaths closed my eyes and just allowed myself to float and a little part of me was really worried that I wouldn't know when it was going to be over and then then somebody would like have to come and knock on the door and some real anxious thoughts, but I let them, you know, let them be. And I thought, well, they know what to do. And they said, well, start a little bit of music when it's time for you to start to kind of get out of the tank. So I thought if I didn't have any music, then I would definitely hear when the music started. So that was also one of the reasons that I didn't want music on. Because I guess they played a little louder or change it when you are meant to come out. I'm not sure, but that was the whole idea. So I was in the float tank, closed my eyes, and it was for the first time in so long that I was truly alone. 
with my own energy. Where I wasn't receiving, consuming, plugged in to anything else around me. I was finally reaching back inward. Pulling my gaze back toward me and my energy and my heart and my soul and my intuition. Even though at the time that wasn't really what I thought I was doing. But in hindsight, yes, that's what was happening. And it was overwhelming. Because all of those things that I plugged myself into, that I kept striving for and reaching for and trying and doing, and they were all distractions from what was actually happening in the present with me and my energy. And this is before any energy healing training or even moving into it. This is really at the beginning. So I wasn't even versed in energetics. I only knew what I knew intuitively. Without even knowing that that's what it was. I just knew I was more sensitive. And as I floated in the dark, pure darkness, I started to cry. I just started to cry. Because now I see that by unplugging, disconnecting from all the things that I was holding on to, distracting myself from, propelling myself through life, when I came back in to myself, the first thing that was needed because there was finally space. The first thing that was needed was a release. Was a full release of all the energy that had just been held, holding on so deeply as I was propelling myself through life. All of that energy that had no attention, that was just kept getting compounded and compounded with more and more. In that energy are my emotions. I've heard it described as emotions are energy in motion. And I wasn't paying attention to any of my emotions, except for frustration and dissatisfaction. And annoyance. So when I was finally, finally able to allow myself to trust the pull of going to this float tank for the first time, even though it was not comfortable, not what I wanted to do, even though I wanted to do it, I didn't want to, obviously, because I kept pushing it week after week. It's because probably on some level I knew that it wasn't going to be easy. That it was something that I really needed 
But it wasn't going to be fun. It was going to be an experience. And I was crying and crying. And I was kind of amazed at how much I was crying. And I was, I remember, I was quite careful not to rub my eyes because of all the salt. So I just kind of let it, kept squeezing my eyes if it was too much and just like let the tears flow. And then I remember kind of looking up in the darkness and seeing the encircle of, like a circle of trees, as if I was like lying on the forest floor and looking up through a circle of trees, like evergreen trees. And I could see like a starry night and my eyes were open. But this is what these tanks do. They bring you back to what you can see and what your imagination can show you. Even if it's not in your mind's eye, it can be objectively with your eyes open because that's the beauty of darkness is it holds kind of everything that we would want to create or see. And I remember looking up and just feeling like, oh yeah, that's a space that I need to be in, in this forest near the water, like I could really see it and feel it. And that became where I go to in my mind's eye for my meditation. And it also became a place that I guide other people to go to in meditation journey. So I remembered this place. And I do feel like it's a remembering. I feel like we recall what we already knew when we need to know it and i remember feeling like quite connected and like a calm of remembering this place and being able to see these beautiful trees and being in this like very in between space of time And then I don't know how much time passed. But then I closed my eyes and I started crying again. And I remember, I don't even know who I was talking to, but I remember saying, and I was talking to myself, but it was like, again, like a recollection, like, oh, yeah, right. I said out loud in the pod, (laughs) I remember saying, you have so much pain. And I was speaking in like third person, but I knew that everything that was being released was pain, emotional pain that had been really held in my energy with no attention and nowhere for it to go, just waiting, waiting to be witnessed. And then I remember crying and crying, and I wrote this down too, so it was, yeah, it was cool to reread it. 
And then I kind of stopped crying and I was just breathing. And I felt, even with my eyes closed, so no longer with the forest scene, eyes closed, darkness. I felt like I was in like an expanse of time. That the pod that I was in was not a pod. That it was a huge ocean. And then it was as if somebody had a camera, like an old style, great like DSLR camera with a giant flash as if a picture was taken with my eyes closed, but they were right in between my eyes, in between my eyebrows. And it was a giant flash. And it jolted me. I, it made me open my eyes and like sit up in the pod because it was so bright. And where did that come from? <laughs> and it was also a little, you know, a little surprising, quite jolting, because it's like, well, I'm in the dark in a sensory deprivation tank going through this very emotional, like, returning in hindsight. And then a flash of light, so bright, flashed when my eyes were closed. What is happening? And that's why, after that, I started doing it for about a year afterward. Because I received so much out of it. I finally understood what my energy felt like. I started to really understand that there is a whole universe that we are a part of, but also that we are. And now something I call your intuitive universe. And that light, it's so interesting because I never needed a big explanation because it was just an experience. And it made sense to my body. And maybe you know or have heard that based on the chakra system, that that space can be referred to as the third eye or the sixth chakra. And I am from the philosophy school of thought that the chakra system is a beautiful template for the concentration of our energy centers based on our beautiful physical electrical bodies, because our bodies are made and powered by electricity. That's what our nervous system is. And if we look at that space from a chakra perspective, there's Bandit chiming in. So let's do it. If you didn't hear, you, my cat meowed quite loudly and I will not take it out because I love his meows on these recordings. So yes, if you look at the school of thought in the chakra system, then the third eye is located in that space, the sixth chakra. And that certain philosophies, it governs your vision, your ability to create, your manifestation ways of 
being able to, you know, weave into existence what you are seeing, your second sight, your way of like really seeing through your mind's eye. Um, some call it, you know, the clairvoyance, if you want to kind of pull apart all those clairs. But the way that I see it, see it, is that the chakra system is a beautiful template for our energy centers because our body is made up of energy. And the way that the energy moves through our body is through electricity and electrical impulses. And so our physical body is quite an amazing conduit for our energy, but also our emotions, our ability to connect to other information outside of us, but also within us. And it's interesting too, just kind of on the side of that, that some ideas, philosophies, spiritual philosophies are almost fact now. Oh, the third eye is your pineal gland, which sits in the middle, like midline of your brain. And it is has been described, I remember it was described as the seed of the soul by some because it does secrete our melatonin and it's such a hormonal gland in the brain that helps to do a lot of stuff in our body. I mean, I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but that's from what I know, the little I know about it. But there is new research that is really interesting about how the prefrontal cortex, which is that actual part of our brain, so the front, like the exact where the third eye would be, is more along the lines of what people describe as the third eye governing because it is located in the center right behind our forehead and it is part of our brain that regulates our thoughts and actions and emotions and it also is a big connector to so many other parts of our brain so having said all that some spark, a real electrical spark happened through my emotions. So something was kind of reconnected through my witnessing and releasing of this dense emotional energy. So Bandit, Bandit thinks that might be, might be something interesting there. So just a just another look at what the third eye could be. And so I feel like that's what was happening with my prefrontal cortex, with that energy center, by paying full attention and allowing myself to really move inward, bring all of my all of my attention to my energy. In water, which is also a conduit for energy. That's why we have so much water in our body, because it's a conduit for our energy and our electricity that keeps our body alive. Then something really beautiful happened. You know, it didn't feel like my enlightenment switch was turned on. No way, because it was like the very beginning of my journey, and I'm still on it. And maybe in years to come, I will have more kind of clarity on exactly what happened. But I do know that that experience helped me anchor 
into figuring out what I was meant to do in my life. What I was meant to do, how I was meant to express my purpose, how I could be that lit up through my work, because that's where I was the most unhappy in. So because I was so unhappy in it, I knew that it was a big part of my life, that my work, I couldn't just have a job. Like I needed, I needed my work to be part of my life. And that's true. That's what it is now. It's so a part of me that I don't have to change myself when I am working. I get to be myself and share and support and guide and offer beautiful healing to so many amazing people from around the world, helping them remember how bright their light is too. And it really reminds me of this quote that was a quote from a meditation a long time ago. But it still comes back to me. And it is, you light up whatever path you choose. You are the vehicle. And I feel like that first time in that flow tank was like a physical example of that. Because my path did start to light up after that. It wasn't easy. It took me, I think, four years after that to really move into the work I'm doing now. But it was a really important part of my path. So if you have been thinking of doing something, keeps coming back to you, I want to try that. I want to do that. I should do that. I should work with that person. I should try that thing. And it feels like something you want to do, but then when you start to try to actually do it, you're like, no, no. And you reschedule it for another time in your mind or in your calendar. Or, you know, you come up with all the reasons and factors and excuses of why, oh, it's not a good time, not right now. Then I suggest disconnecting, unplugging from all the things that you're receiving and consuming, even if they are good for you. And spend that time. And it doesn't have to be in a float tank. Although if you haven't tried them and you've been wanting to, then yes, give it a try. But it really just means plugging into yourself. Closing your eyes and just pulling all of your awareness into your heart. And then you can see what happens when you keep your eye, your gaze, everything on your own energy. Because there is real magic there. But it is inherent, beautiful, natural magic of being a person. Of being a soul in a body. Because each one of us is so unique. 
there's a reason we each have a different fingerprint. Think of that, like 8 billion people in the world all have a different fingerprint. There is, I'm sure, an evolutionary reason for that. But can't that inspire you too? Can't that show you that if your fingerprints are completely unique to every other person on this planet? Doesn't that mean that other facets of yourself are that unique too? And even the metaphor of a fingerprint, that if it is unique like that, and it's a print, then what else are you meant to imprint on the world with how unique you are? I hope you can take some time over the next week or two and really get curious about that. And that you can really take some time to allow yourself to receive from yourself, from your energy, from your intuition, from your heart, from your imagination, from all of these beautiful parts of yourself that help to speak to you. That you can spend some time plugging in to yourself. So that maybe you can realize more ways that you are meant to imprint on this world. Because there is a specific path that you are meant to walk. But there are many ways to get there and to walk it. But you have to trust that you can light up that path. And you also have to trust that you know what your light looks like, how it shines, so that you can see the path. So I know that this episode was a little, you know, here and there, but I really felt called to kind of go on a journey of a story, a little bit of a, another journey of hopefully parts of it, or maybe all of it helped remind you about something that you needed to remember about yourself. And if you resonated with certain aspects of what I was sharing today, I will say and offer that you don't have to take as many years as I did. You don't have to do it on your own before you find support, which is what was my, my journey. I had to do it on my own for quite a long time before I found someone who worked with energy. When I found someone who understood how my intuition was speaking to me and helped me understand it. So if that is where you are, please reach out to me because that is what I can help you with. You don't have to wait years and years and years before you connect to how you are meant to walk on your path. What path you're meant to be on. How you express your purpose. What your talents and abilities and unique, unique energy is meant to share with the world. I can help you with that. 
So I just wanted to offer that as well, that you don't have to wait as long as I did. And again, please reach out to me and share anything that may have come up for you during this episode. You can follow and message me on my Instagram at treenlight.healing or check out my website, treenlight.com. And all the links are in the show notes. So just look down below where you're listening to this from and you'll be able to click on anything that you need to reach out and connect with me. There's also all the information with booking a session with me or a consultation about my four-month journey together. And if you feel called to leave a review, that would be so appreciated. It really helps other people find this podcast. So thank you so much for your support. Be kind to yourself and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Mary, I just wanted to say something very, very new.